I certainly was blessed by the message tonight on uh, Psalm 45. My heart is indicting a good matter. Isn't that wonderful? And while he was preaching, he went over to Hebrews chapter 1. And I'd like to go there with you just a few moments tonight. The Apostle Paul in Hebrews 1 is quoting from Psalm 45 where our brother was preaching tonight. And um, verse 8, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. I would say the Apostle Paul's heart was indicting a good matter. He loved to write about Jesus Christ. He loved to talk about Him. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. You know, there in Psalm 45, he says that He's fairer than the children of men. Solomon said in the Song of Solomon, he's altogether lovely and the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. The more you know about him, the more glorious he is. I heard a woman say one time, she said, you know, when I I married my husband, I could have eaten him. And after a year or two, I wish I had. (laughs) Because when you live with somebody... 24-7, you see all of their, what should we say, their imperfections. And that's true. Of course, the more you live with somebody and the more your love for them grows, the more you can overlook a lot of their faults and failures. But I want to tell you, the more you know about Jesus Christ, the more you're going to love Him. He's all together lovely. Everything about Him is lovely. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Now verse 10. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth And the heavens are the works of thine hands. Paul is saying here that Jesus Christ laid the foundation of the earth. The heavens are the work of thine hands. The other night, Brother Wynn Cook was preaching here and he was quoting a passage from the Old Testament about he made the heavens and the earth. You remember that sermon? And he used an expression that I'd never heard before. And I asked about it later. I asked Nelda about it later. And uh, it was drop mic. Y'all remember that term? I've never heard that. What it basically means is conversation is over. (laughs) Just drop the mic. The last word, the final word, he made the heavens and the earth. What else can you say? I mean, conversation is ended. He made the heavens and the earth. And that's what 
Paul is saying here in verse 10, And thou, Lord, in the beginning... By the way, Nelda understood that verse, I mean that statement. She explained it to me and it made sense. And thou hast... Uh, and, and thou, Lord, hast in the beginning uh, laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of thine hands. Drop Mike. He made it all. He, he finished creation. It's the work of his hands. But notice what Paul says about the creation. They shall what? Perish. But thou remainest. And they shall wax old as doth a garment. Paul is saying that the earth and everything in it is going to perish. It's getting old like a garment. What you all have on tonight is pretty. Y'all came to church dressed up in nice clothes. But what do you reckon your clothes are going to be in a hundred years? Fifty years. They'll be wore out. Somebody will lay them aside. Well, that's what's going to happen to the natural creation. It's wearing out. Our planet, the planet we live on, is getting old. And it is wearing out. So he says, they shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture, thou shalt fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. God is not wearing out. He's not changing. He's not getting old. He's not getting senile. He's not getting gray-headed. He is eternal. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. I want to think with you a moment about the statement, They, that is the earth, the heavens and the earth, shall perish. And I thought about this as Brother Mike was preaching to us in Romans chapter 8. Um, we love the 8th chapter of Romans. But let's notice what Paul said in verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. The word groan means to utter uh, a deep mournful sound. It's an expression of pain or grief. Most of us have groaned a little. Well, the Bible says, the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. The whole creation. He's talking about the stars, the sun, the moon. He's talking about the mountains, the plains, the oceans. Uh, he's talking about all of inanimate matter, uh, the trees, the rocks, 
The whole creation is groaning. What a picture. And not only the inanimate parts of creation groaning, but the animals groan. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. We hear a lot about climate change. But I want to tell you, beloved, the planet has been groaning ever since Adam sinned. Do y'all believe that? It was cursed. In the morning of time, God cursed the ground. He cursed Adam and Eve. Uh, the earth is cursed. And it's groaning. And when there are droughts and floods and hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes... You know what's going on? The earth is groaning under the curse. The whole creation is groaning. You know they say climate change is due to man. Well, I'll agree if you go back to Adam's transgression. He's the one that started this whole mess. And we're not doing any better. The whole creation is groaning. It's uttering a deep, mournful sound, an expression of pain and grief. The whole creation groaning. But not only is the whole creation groaning, God's redeemed, blood-bought, heaven-bound children are groaning while we're down here. Let's read it. Verse 23. And not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the Spirit. We're talking about God's children that He loves. And He sent His Son down here to save. But while we're down here, listen, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Paul is saying God's children are groaning. You know why? Because we're not home yet. You know the best part of any trip is getting home. How many of y'all have ever experienced that? Elder Tim McCool said one year he rented a nice van and a camper and loaded up his children, I think five of them, and they went to California. They, they saw the big trees. They, they, they saw the coast. They came back to the Grand Canyon. They went to, I think, I think they went up into the Badlands. I mean, they had a trip. And his kids saw things that a lot of kids never see. But he said, you know, when we turned down the dirt road to come back to our house, my children got more excited than they did about anything we saw on the whole trip. Two weeks on the road. And they got more excited about home. Well, I want to tell you, you and I aren't home yet. We're just on a trip. Y'all do know that, don't you? I know young people here tonight don't want to particularly hear that, but it's true. We're just all on a trip. We're pilgrims and strangers through this world. The Bible says we're pilgrims and strangers. What is a stranger? Somebody away from home. What is a pilgrim? Somebody on his way home. You and I are pilgrims and strangers. And while we are down here, we are groaning within ourselves, 
waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our body. When I was so sick about four years ago with this autoimmune disease, I laid in bed so weak I couldn't turn over. And I call myself groaning. Have y'all ever groaned? I see a few heads nodding. Do you know it's scriptural to groan? Not complain now, but groan. It's scriptural to groan. My brother Kai, in the last week, I'm sure was groaning, waiting for his deliverance. So Paul says, not only is the whole creation groaning, but God's children are groaning. Why? Within ourselves, waiting for what? For the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. See, God has adopted us. He's adopted our bodies into His family. Our spirits are born into His family, but our bodies are adopted out of Adam's family into God's family. Now, I want to say this about adoption. E.D. and Ginger adopted a little girl one time years ago from Texas, and they chose Miriam. Miriam did not choose them. Who does the choosing and adoption? The parents. God chose the ones He wanted. Y'all get that. People say choice is unfair. Well, I want to tell you it's Bible. And if God did it, it's not unfair. It's right. He chose those He wanted to be in His family. So the first step in adoption is choosing a child that you want out of the orphanage or whatever. But now... Uh, paperwork's got to be done. Legally, they've got to go through all the paperwork. And, and, uh, and then, you know what the final, the final step is in adoption? When the parents go and get the child and bring it to their house. Adoption's not finished till the child comes home with them. Well, I want to tell you, God has adopted us, but the adoption has not been finished because He's coming back to get us and take us home to glory. And Paul said we are waiting, we're groaning while we are waiting for the adoption. To wit the redemption of our body. These bodies are going to be redeemed from the earth and they're going to be changed and glorified. Y'all got something to look forward to, folks. And then may I close with another groaning. You know, the word groan is mentioned nine times in the Bible, three times right here in Romans 8. Let's look at the last one he mentions. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Aren't you all glad of that? We're all full of infirmities, but the Spirit helps us. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. You ever had times when you just don't even know how to pray or what to pray for? But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When a child of God on this earth gets in enough trouble that they can't even pray, the Holy Spirit begins to groan for that person. I'm sure the Holy Spirit groaned for the Apostle Paul 
as he was being beaten and scourged with 39 stripes on five occasions, stoned in Lystra, lying there, broken bone. I'm sure the Holy Spirit was groaning for him, presenting his needs to the Father in glory. Aren't y'all glad you've got a God that will groan for you? He loves us. Thank you all for your attention.